Welcome back to the Everett Over Everything podcast. I'm your host, Jason Kleep, and on today's episode, we have the founder, the CEO of O2, Dave Colina. Now, Dave and I, we talk about a variety of different things, including how he got started in his company, what is the meaning behind the company, and including his marketing campaigns that really helped gym owners and coaches over this last year, year and a half. We discussed the community coalition, what it meant to him, and winning awards in regards to his ability to drive revenue back into gym owners, which I thought was really, really cool. I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I did. Before we get into it, I want to remind you, if you are a gym owner, and you have not checked out the NC Fit Collective, you got to go check it out. We just 2.0 this thing. It is amazing with business tools, session planning, daily videos, you name it. Make sure to check out the NC Fit Collective. If you haven't already, give it a shot. Talk to our team. You're going to love it. If you're not a gym owner, if you're an athlete, if you're training in your garage, if you're training at the gym, and you want to get after some workouts, thus put in the effort, go ahead and check out our NC Fit app online. Now, Dave is an awesome guy. O2 is a great product. I really enjoy having it inside our gyms, and I enjoyed this episode. Let's dive right into it. Let's go. So, Dave, you and I were talking, and O2, your company, won the best marketing campaign of 2020. 2020. Is that what it was? Yep. And and so you guys beat out, who'd you guys beat out? Who's your top competition? And then, and then tell me more about it. Cause I, so, kudos so the, to you. the funny thing is too, like we did not spend money on this marketing campaign. I mean, <laughs> That's even was, better. You should yeah, get extra credit for that. This, this, this was a marketing campaign that was very much driven by kind of community and values versus dollars and production. Um, but our, our, our competition, the finalists were uh, O2, and Oatly, which is a you know multi-billion-dollar brand, I think at this point, and then um, Ocean Spray for the TikTok campaign that they did. Remember the guy on the skateboard, you know, singing uh, Stevie Nicks Ocean I, Spray. I don't know if I did, but was the Oatly one just the founder like sitting in the crops, like just singing a song? Was that because I think that was at the Super Bowl they did I that one? I don't, I don't know what what ad or what campaign got them nominated. But I do know that that they got they bought out a few Super Bowl spots, and that was that was one of them. And you know, I I remember reading about that campaign, and it it did pretty well. So I'm a big I'm a big Oatly fan. I like their barista version for actually uh, their barista version is pretty legit for uh, for in your coffee. But that being said, I'm also a big fan of your product. So. So with your guys' marketing campaign, winning this, it's a really big deal um, because you didn't really spend much on it. And it was your way of kind of putting, yeah. the, supporting the community and then essentially, correct me if I'm wrong, almost like driving revenue back into gym owners' pockets was essentially like the heart of the, the deal, right? Like, like support the, the members yeah. and support the gym owners. Is that what it was kind of the premise behind it? Yeah, so so there were there were two things that, that we did, and and uh, and this was they were all rooted in in COVID. Um, the first thing was the pro- that profit sharing campaign that we did. So so this was you know mid March. O2 announced that um, anytime a gym member uh, bought O2 from our website, we would split the profits 50-50 with that gym member's local gym owner, and and we just did that because it felt like the right thing to do. 
Um, and this was like at the height of shit hitting the fan. <laughs> so like, I didn't know what to do. Nobody knew what to do, but I knew that gym owners were going to lose sales that they would have otherwise been capturing while their doors were closed. So we said, you know, look, your members would buy it from you anyway, if you were still open. So let's just split the profits. Um, that was the first thing that we did. And that snowballed into a larger initiative where we brought on partners like uh, Born Primitive and Bear Complex and Fiori and a, and a few others. Um, and that was, a, that, was a, that was a pretty powerful campaign. I mean, that campaign, that generated almost a quarter of a million dollars uh, in cash to give back to about 2,000 2, different, different gyms. Um, but the one that, that won that award was was stay for May. Do you remember that one? Yeah, the stay for May. That's right. Yep. yep. And, and that that one was the one that you know I think um, we're certainly most most proud of because like I I was telling somebody this the other day I haven't been a part of that many things in my career that are such a win 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 for everybody like the 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 gyms got a lot out of it the gym members got a lot out of it and the participating brands got a lot out of it too. So tell me a little bit more about O2. So you and I, we've known each other for quite a while. We do sell your product um, uh, at our NC Fit locations and our members like it. I like it. And so we keep stocking it. I mean, that's as simple as it gets. Great. Yeah, great. Right. But tell me more, like, how did you start O2? And because you and I met quite a while ago and it's built, it's really, really developed since then. And, yeah. um, you know, this is definitely going to be more of a businessy type of conversation than some of the other ones we've been having on the show lately. But I love this because there's gym owners out there who want to know more about your product, but also want to know about the lessons learned and anybody out there. So Dude. let's talk about what is O2 and how to get started. I have plenty of lessons learned, man. Plenty, plenty yeah. of mistakes and battle wounds for sure. Um, but I'll give you kind of the, the high level, uh, what is O2 explanation, then we can drill into kind of the origin story. Um, but at a high level, I mean, the way, that, the way that I would position O2 to somebody who's never heard of it is um, we make clean hydration and recovery drinks that are packaged in sustainable packaging. And we're a carbon neutral company that, that aligns around doing the right thing. And so, so those are, you know, all of our products are uh, purposefully made to provide a, a high degree of function while at the same time providing a very high degree of, um, of kind of clean label, clean operations, and, and really, really, I know I'm biased, but really good taste. O2 is pretty well known for, for how great our, our stuff tastes as well. Um, so, so we run a business that's very rooted in our values of honesty, humility, and hustle. Um, we declared carbon neutral Earlier this year, we'll be carbon negative, um, hopefully by, by Q4. And we just align around doing the right thing. And we've been in the gym space for a long time. Awesome. So tell me more. So how did, why did you start the company? I mean, I, and the carbon neutral thing is definitely, um, um, obviously, you know, especially right now, um, oh, yeah. I think that's a, that's a big factor. Um, but I, I imagine when you first started the company, was that on the radar or was that kind of just something you've kind of evolved into? So, so it's, it's funny. Um, so I first, I, I started the, the LLC that, that um, that's, you know, I guess technically owns O2 in 2011. This was a long time ago. And I didn't know what that LLC was going to do. I just knew that I, I wanted to, you know, start my own business. And I named it the Live Well Collective because I knew that I wanted it to be rooted in some type of 
um, health or wellness, helping people live better. And I also knew that I, I wanted it to be rooted in community. And, and I came from a background, um, I, had a, I had a, you know, pretty demanding day job. I was in corporate strategy at a Fortune 100 financial services firm for about five years. Um, and I actually cut my entrepreneurial teeth uh, opening a, a private nonprofit charter high school in Columbus called, called Krista Ray. So that was the first time that I'd like, you know, done something and taken something from idea to like reality that wasn't a PowerPoint. So just to pause for a second. So you were in corporate America doing your corporate thing and then yep. you pivoted from that. You gave that up and you went and opened up this charter high school. I actually stayed employed in corporate America. So I kept my day job and then the, the, the high school became my night job. And that, that ultimately led to O2 because I was, I was working a pretty you know, demanding day job. And at the same time, you know, I would clock out of work, so to speak, around 637 and then get to work on the school from, you know, seven to midnight and then <laughs> go to sleep and wake up at five and do it all over again, you know. And, and so there was there was a whole lot of sports and energy drink consumption. Oh, so that's what triggered that. And so but I mean, yeah. how did you know? You know, I think there's quite a few people. And when I speak to people, you know, you're in your corporate day job. And there's somewhat golden handcuffs. There's it's a really big adjustment to go from that no, to then cheap. to then switch, right? In this entrepreneurial concept. So how did you know it was the right time where were you just like the you were burning the candle at both ends and you just knew that it wasn't sustainable and you had to pick one way or another? And then well, why didn't you just pick on just doing the high school full time? Why why did you do OT? The high school thing was was awesome, but I, I recognized, I mean, I I don't I didn't and don't come from an education background. I'm not a teacher, um, and and I'm I'm very much a builder, but I'm I'm not I'm not as well suited. Um, you know, I wasn't as well suited to like maintain this thing versus get it off the ground. And so once it got to a point, now now mind you, this was over the course of about two and a half years. So it it took a while to get off the ground. But at a certain point, you know, my my role became more about. Um, Making sure that you know we had we had the right uh, the right board in place, and making sure that we had the right administration in place, and making sure that we had the right geography for the school, and the funds were raised, et cetera. And that was the stuff that that I was more focused on. I wasn't focused on you know I wasn't going to become like the principal of this school or a teacher. Right, right. Um, but I did through that process. I learned two things. I number one, um, it, it feels really good to build something that has some type of positive impact in the community. Um, and number two, I was drinking a shitload of Red Bull and Gatorade and that just wasn't great for me, you know? And, and so going back to, to live well in 2011, once the, the school kind of got, got going and I could kind of remove myself from that. Um, I said, all right, well, I'm going to start a business that has some type of positive impact in the community. And it's probably going to be in the health and wellness space because I think there's room there, you know, at and that I'll, time, were you like, were you part of a gym? Did you play sports in high school or college? Like what, what made you get into the like fitness type beverage? I was, I was training pretty, uh, pretty aggressively in, um, in Krav Maga at the time. Yeah. And okay. So that was, that was the first, that was my first foray um, into uh, into, I still think of that as kind of the functional fitness space, just with a lot of, uh, a lot more blood and sweat and tears. 
Um, but, but that was the first time in my life where I had really latched on to some type of uh, physical activity. I mean, I played baseball growing up and in, in high school, um, and I hit the, you know, kind of the traditional gym circuit leading up to that. But, but training in, in Krav or CrossFit, it's much higher level of intensity than, you know, than, than normal stuff, I would say. For sure. So you're at the school, you decide to pivot from that. And is that when you decided, so did you start O2 and quit your, your, your corporate job at the same time? Or was there a, uh, overlap? There was a bit of an overlap because I didn't want to leave my corporate day job until right. I knew it was worth leaving my right. Corporate, right. You know? Like I was, I was making a healthy salary for somebody my age, and I had to be damn sure that it was a good decision to give that up. Um, and so I, I sort of tested the waters, so to speak, um, uh, on very, very cheaply. Um, I partnered with a friend of mine who who was and still is a physician at Ohio State's Hospital. And he and I, I mean, literally, we were, we were buying ingredients on Amazon and whipping stuff up in our kitchen, um, something that we thought could provide a healthier alternative to, you know, the Gatorades and Red Bulls that he and I were both drinking. And the product tasted awful. I mean, it was, it was, <laughs> it was not a great tasting drink, but we found a way to manufacture it and a way to oxygenate it, which is kind of our special sauce. Um, and, and a way to test the market without investing a ton of money uh, into, you know, into this, this company. Um, and we found that people love the product. And, and it was when I, I caught word that Ohio State's basketball team was buying it by the case. And really? like 2012, 2013 timeframe, because we were, we were selling it, you know, pedaling it out of the back of our cars, including a, a few convenience stores. And that's when I knew, okay, this is worth, this is worth leaving your day job for so you talk about the the secret sauce of like the oxygen. And so you had a physician, a friend of yours, just help you kind yeah. of create the, the mold. Now, I mean, look, there's so many factors to go into here, right? Sourcing uh, products, canning it, uh, shipping it. I mean, you name it. So how did you get started on that? So if someone wants to start a beverage company, I mean, I'm sure you could probably write a book on how not to start a beverage company. Yeah, yeah don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Don't do it. But tell me, so what is your secret sauce? I mean, obviously without giving away any trade secrets. And then what did you do then? And what do you currently do now from like an actual manufacturing perspective? How does yeah. that work? So, so nothing that, that we do is, is really truly revolutionary. It's not like, it's not like we, you know, we did a, a whole bunch of, um, you know, a whole bunch of clinical studies on our own dime and discovered some amazing uh, you know, ingredient or innovation. What what we've done with O2 is really keep things simple, um, and we've effectively commercialized something that's very well known in the medical industry, which is the benefits of of ingested oxygen on the liver's metabolism of toxins, and and we've made it taste good. Um, and and so what we've done is is something where you know I think of it as. It's the, the challenges associated with keeping something very simple um, often outweigh the challenges, you know, associated with like throwing the kitchen sink at something, you know. And so how'd you guys start manufacturing it? I mean, so we, yeah, we, we uh, so before I left my day job, we had, cause I mentioned like the sort of the, the test kitchen first, right. Um, and we had actually, we first started in our own kitchen and then in order in order for us to be able to resell 
our product. We had a we had to make it in a commercial kitchen, and so I had a buddy who had a restaurant in in Columbus, and he allowed us to basically rent out his kitchen on Sundays. And so we were whipping up this drink in the corner of his kitchen for about six months, and. You know, both of us were still very much employed in our day jobs, but on the weekends we would we would make this make this concoction. And first, it started out, you know, kicking around uh, ideas and formulations with our friends and getting their feedback and 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 taking it and refining it. And then it started out, you know, selling it to to other other kind of stores. I mentioned convenience stores. I think we were at a couple bars at the time. Um, and you know, again, I knew that we we were onto something once there were once there were strangers buying our product, right? Like your yeah. friends and family will buy it and they'll tell right. you it's whatever, but a strangers, they don't care. And so, I, right. so once we could see that the people who didn't have to, to, to tell us it was great was they were telling us it was great. That's when I knew it was worth investing in. And so did, was it called O2 then, or was it called something else? It was called formula AM at the time. Formula, formula AM. AM. And you should, I wish, I wish I had uh, like an old poster or something. Yeah, yeah. Like we've got it at our Columbus office. Um, and it you should see it, man. I mean, it was manufactured in a glass bottle because mm -hmm. we couldn't afford uh, cans. A canning system. Yep. Bottle, right. Um, and, and because O2 is really, truly infused with about seven times more oxygen than normal, normal water, that, that'll actually leak out of plastic. So we couldn't include we couldn't bottle it in plastic. And so we, we, we bought a bunch of, of kind of little uh, 16 ounce glass bottles and would sticker wrap around those glass bottles, uh, a, a logo and a design that we made on a PowerPoint basically. Um, and that's how, we, that's how we dipped our toes in the water without investing a ton of, ton of money. So why did you rebrand from Formula One or Formula A1 to uh, O2? That's, that's why, that's why. <laughs> Nobody can really, it, Formula AM doesn't really roll off the tongue. No, know? it doesn't. And, I, mean, and, I was and, thinking it's a race car company. Yeah, exactly. We got a lot of that, man. And, and so it, it also wasn't really representative of what was special about the product. Mm. And, and today even, you know, as, as we've evolved and we've grown, um, very rarely do we see that people are buying O2 because it's oxygenated. Most people buy O2 because it's clean, it's pure, it tastes really good. It's like we have one gram of sugar versus 30 in, in like it's it's just a very clean, healthy product. And people people just assume that's what O2 stands for. A lot oh. of people don't don't even know probably that it's that it's oxygenated. Right. So, the brand O2, it, yes, it stands for the levels of oxygen that, that we include in the product, but even more so, you know, if you were to pull all of our, our tens of thousands of customers that, that drink O2 on a regular basis, it stands for something that's just clean and healthy, you know, kind of like what oxygen brings to mind. So you guys have been, I mean, obviously when COVID hit, you and I spoke quite a bit and I think you guys did a lot for gym owners and you guys are out there trying to be innovative, right? Within, within your own realm. Um, you guys don't only sell your products, you sell your products through a variety of different channels, right? So you have like yeah. channel partners, like gyms, yeah. but you also have like a monthly subscription. And I'm yeah. curious because how many people who sell beverages also put it on a monthly retainer? I mean, you're, you're probably one of the very few, right? I mean, it's becoming more and more popular, but I, I would say, you know, we're still probably in the minority, certainly of all beverage sales out there a very small amount are done on, on subscription. 
Um, but people love the convenience, you know, and, and our business changed quite a bit over the last, you know, 12 to 18 months or so. I mean, that the online part of our business was, I mean, it was, a, it was a fraction. It was not a meaningful part of our business in 2019. Like our, our core business going into the pandemic was really rooted in, in the gym space. And, and that was only, I mean, that was a result after I started training in, in, in Krav, uh, I, I got roped into CrossFit because my, my martial arts gym also had an affiliate. And then I started doing that a lot. And then I started coaching first, first Krav Maga. And then I started coaching CrossFit. And when the business launched, I was actually, I was, I was, I was a coach and that's what I did. And as a result of that, I had a bunch of friends who owned gyms in the area. And, and unfortunately, it's not, it's not an overstatement to say that the business launched literally and figuratively out of the back of my car when we launched. And so I basically begged and pleaded my friends who owned gyms to start selling O2. And initially, they did it as a favor. And then it's like, oh, shit, this actually, this sells really well. Like, where can I get more of this? You know, it's interesting because going into COVID, if you had told me that 90% of your business or whatever it is comes from brick and mortar, I'd be like, hey, man, you might be in a difficult time. Now yeah. these gyms are mandated to shut down for X amount of time. And depending on the state, it's you know better or worse. I mean, here we are in California. It's been yeah. a little bit worse. But how did you guys, so for anyone who's, you know, I think this is an interesting test case where you say, hey, you had to pivot the business. How did you know you're going in the right direction? What did you, what was the, like, what happened? So all of a sudden this thing goes down. Yeah. What did you have, like a meeting of the minds? How does that look? This is going to sound so cheesy, and I'm sure plenty of people are going to think I'm talking out of my ass. But, but honest to God, I, any major decision that I've had to make, when I make it through the, the lens of our values, which are honesty, humility, and hustle, it, it gets a whole lot easier. And, and from the outset, going back to the Live Well Collective, I mean, we really, truly made this business to be a business that operates with a high level of integrity, does the right thing, and people can be proud of. And so, so when I looked at what was happening with COVID, so, so you're right about that statistic, by the way, about 75% of our revenue was tied up in the gym channel alone. So that was, that was a big part of our business. And not only was it big economically, but it was also kind of the backbone of how people would discover O2 and how we would acquire customers and, and everything was rooted around the gym business. And so, so when, when I and everybody else, when we saw... The, the pandemic hit and it was the weekend of March 15th that, that really sticks out to me as. Oh yeah. Me too. Yeah. Um, that's like, all right, well, I, I, I didn't, again, I didn't know what to do, but I knew that one based on how people consume O2, which O2 has a really high rate of consumption. People who drink O2 drink a lot of it. It's a very habitual, you know, habitual purchase. Our repeat rates are really high. People who drink O2 are just into it. I knew people were going to continue buying O2, but they were just going to shift their consumption from the gyms to our website because they, they, again, they, they were going to keep up, keep drinking O2. And, and so I knew that. And then the second thing that I knew for sure was that it just didn't feel right to allow that to happen without doing anything to support the backbone of, you know, of six years of business operations, which were gym owners. So we, we announced that program on March 18th. So, so three days after shit really hit the fan. Um, and when, 
you know, when we announced that we saw, we saw our online sales in three days top our best month ever because people were just really into the idea of, oh, this yeah. company is doing the right thing and I can support my affiliate while at the same time I can, I can support, you know, I can get some good hydration. I'm in. What's, why, why wouldn't I do this? Right. You know? And that continued on, right? I mean, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we, we ended up, we ended up bringing in a couple brand partners, like I mentioned. Um, and the thing that I'm most proud of is what we did in, in May um, April, May. So we, 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 we continued the profit sharing program for about six weeks. And that was about as long as I could, I could continue to share, share all, share half of our profits, um, uh, back to the community. What, what we did in mid April is we kind of went back to the drawing board and we said, all right, well, you know, gyms are still, they're still obviously shut down. There's, there's no real end in sight. And every gym owner that I know, you were one of them. I, I, we talked and I talked to several others. Everybody was like, <laughs> a lot of my members are sticking around in April because they're, they're, they're doing the right thing and, and being right. kind, but May right. is really going to suck. Like right. May is going to be painful. Right. Right. Um, so I had a thought and I remember thinking this is either going to be a really good idea or a really bad idea. It's not going to be, it's not going to be anywhere in between. What if O2 and a few of our brand partners, what if we each kicked in a $25 gift card to our websites um, and, and combined among four brands, you know, that would be $100 total. And what if we offered that to every gym member in America who was working out at one of our partner gyms, one of the 2,500 gyms that we were working with at the time, um, as long as they kept their gym membership active in the month of May. So that was the catch. And, and we whipped up this program and we announced it at the end of April. And I'll tell you what, man, like, I don't know how many gyms we were, we were able to really truly, um, you know, keep in business or, or help keep the lights on, but, but dozens told us that it was, you know, it, it was, it was real, it was saving them. Um, and, and that was a very, very impactful campaign that we're real proud of. Yeah, you should be. I mean, I think that that was, you know, I remember you and I were speaking and we were talking about how, how can we help the gym owners? I remember saying to myself, I remember you and I having this conversation, yeah. retention is key. Getting these members to stay as members is a key because we saw it. I mean, you know, members only have so much good faith. And then at some point they're looking at like, Hey, a couple hundred bucks a month. I'm not getting the service. Yeah, totally. You know? And so I think you guys did a lot of good for a lot of people. And that was really cool examples of how you pivoted the business. And now you're, you know, um, now you're able to be brick and mortar and also online. And so when you think about things like O2 as a company, how many employees, I mean, obviously, did you start off by yourself or did you have a formal partner? Was the, that doctor your, your partner? The doctor, the doctor never left his doctor day job. So I was, <laughs> unfortunately, I was a one man show for the first 12 months or so. Okay. And then when now, like, what does your team look like and how, what, as you grow from zero, right? Just you or you and the doctor who didn't like this J job yeah. to now your team has grown, you know, 20, 30, 40 people, whatever it is. Yep. What type of like, kind of, um, I guess what, what, what surprised you through that process? Because managing people is not easy. And, yeah. um, what have you found from that? Well, I think that, um, what's crazy is that our team has always punched above its weight in terms of numbers. So, so I'll tie it back to the stay for May campaign. Our, our business went from 
you know, our, our online business went from a, a fairly insignificant um, part of our business to growing so fast and so rapidly as a result of, of the profit sharing campaign and stay for May. I mean, we, in stay for May alone, we had 60,000 gym members participate in that campaign. It was, it was crazy. Um, and we ended up having our biggest growth year ever last year because our D 2 C business punched so much above its weight due to the stay for May campaign. And we later did another one in, in the fall, uh, very similar. But our, our team actually, our team stayed constant. So we entered the year with, I want to say around 10, 11 people on the team. And, and that's where we ended the year. And, and it, was, it was a testament. I mean, we were three times, four times our size. Um, but it was a testament to the team's ability to stay lean and manage a lot of things. Um, and that's what I found with, with people in general. If you get the right people on the team who are aligned to the values and who are aligned towards kind of the vision, um, you know, the team can generally do the work of two, three X, what, you know, what, what you would think it's able to. Yeah. You know, it's really interesting. So how, how did the carbon neutral conversation come up? Was that something your team brought to your attention or was that something you wanted to do? Um, that's a good question. I, I feel like it's, it's probably a mix. I mean, we're a pretty tight knit team. So a lot of the stuff we talk about and it sort of unfolds in, in team settings. Um, but I, I certainly know that everybody on the team has a, has a heart for sustainability and has a heart for, you know, a positive contribution going back to the values and alignment. Um, and so the carbon neutral thing came as a result of us looking at our supply chain and saying, you know, look, a lot of things changed or a lot of things I think were brought to the fold or brought to the fore, um, through COVID. And, and one of those for me personally, and, and as a professional was, I don't want to be like, I don't want to be contributing to the problem that, that we all as a society and as a world are facing down with respect to global warming. So I at least want to be neutral, you know? And, and so we looked at what we had to, to do that. We were, you know, thankfully we've always been packaged in the most earth friendly packaging there is, which is recyclable aluminum cans. And our supply chain is very heavily reliant on UPS, but we can purchase, you know, carbon offsets um, to, to mitigate, to mitigate, you know, the delivery damages, so to speak. Um, so it, it was tough, but it wasn't, it wasn't so prohibitive that, you know, any, any company with a heart for this can't do it. Yeah, we're, we're actually looking at that for ourselves from a gym perspective and running the electricity there. We're, we're, yeah. we're pursuing some of those. Um, there's a few options for us too. I mean, we don't, we don't manufacture or ship out, um, you know, like you guys do, but we do a little something different. Um, I wanted to ask, back to Krav Maga for a second, then CrossFit. Do you think there's a carryover? So how, how many years did you Krav Maga for? I was about four years and I, I got my black belt in 2014. And I, I know that I was, I was among the, um, you know, I was, I was among the fastest progression. Yeah, from, I was just, that sounds fast. I mean, it was, it, it was really fast. Um, but I went heavy into that. I was doing like two, three classes a night for a long time. Really? And so yeah. what's interesting about Krav Maga, for anybody who's not as familiar with it, is it is a very aggressive uh, system. And, you know, so I'm big into jujitsu and I love it. Well, one of the things I like about jiu-jitsu is that you could actually complete the task and then get somebody to tap, right? So a choke, an arm bar, whatever. With Krav Maga, how do you complete the task if what the task is, 
is eye gouging, nut kicking, or something like that. How does yeah. that process work when you're actually trying to impart these skills? Yeah. Well, I guess in, in practical application, it's the same as BJJ. Whereas, you know, the task is completed when the other person's unconscious, right? Um, in, in, a, in, a, in a training setting, it's a little bit different. Like you're not going to, you know, you're not going to literally choke somebody out just like, you know, you don't want to inflict a ton of harm to your training partner and crop and guy either. Um, so, so I think it's simulated levels of intensity. Like there was a, there were a lot of drills that we would do um, that were intended to get the heart rate up and, and kind of simulate the, the one or two minute sprints that, that most, most actual street fights entail. Um, but it's, 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 uh, it's an interesting system and it's, it's very violent for sure. Very, very, very violent. And so, you know, looking at Krav Maga training, looking at CrossFit training, I imagine, so do you still, what does your training look like today? How often, I mean, like, what does your schedule look like? I mean, now you're running the business. Um, you said you have a fiance and so what does that look like? It's, uh, I, I, we, I don't see her as much as I'd like to, <laughs> because as, as you know, it's hard to find that work-life balance. Right. Um, and that's something that, that we struggle with, but it's something that we're navigating like any, you know, any entrepreneurial couple. Um, but, uh, my, my work life looks, you know, generally, I don't know, 12, 15 hour days, probably something like that. Um, I'm up early. I, I, I work kind of late. Um, I, I will do CrossFit Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. And instead of Krav Maga, I'm now doing yoga. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, you got it. Well, there's a big difference there, man. Yeah, huge difference there. Yeah. And I'll tell you, the last time that I formally trained Krav as a student, I've, I've since instructed a little bit. Um, but the last time where I formally trained Krav as a student was, was my black belt test because I got that shit done. And that was the last time I was punched in the face <laughs> and that was the, and I don't miss it. <laughs> yeah. You know, they, they say that sometimes for, for some sports, right? People get to a certain specific yeah. area where they feel like, Hey, I reached my milestone. Now I'm ready to move on and go do something else. Like in your case, incorporating some yoga, yeah. big, <laughs> big, big shift, but Hey, that's all good. I almost got into Tai Chi as like the polar opposite of Krav Maga, but I figured it would be a little bit more, more, uh, more to CrossFit. Now for O2, you guys have a couple of different products. Um, you have your can products, you have your, these pouches, et cetera. Yep. Um, what are the big plans? I mean, so what are, what are we in? We're in um, August now. We're, well, we're in September. A um, couple yeah. more months of the year. This thing seemed like it just flew by. Um, any big launch points coming out? Are you guys going to be at Wadapalooza? What are you guys doing from a, are you guys, what are you guys doing? It's hard to say, man. The event circuit is definitely hard to read right now. Um, just because of COVID and the Delta variant and all the unknowns there. Um, where we're focused now is, is kind of carrying forward the, the community oriented campaigns that we saw a ton of success with in 2020 and finding ways for them to live in 2021 and beyond. And a good example of that probably is um, the, the new member gift card program that we just rolled out not too long ago. So, so this is based on, based on what works so well with Stay For May, the idea of you know, offering members a you know, $100 gift card that's combined among a couple brands that are popular in the space and, and rewarding member behavior. We, have, um, we announced this program earlier this year to a handful of our own affiliates. I think we rolled it out with about 500. And the idea is pretty simple. Um, we've pulled together uh, similar brands. So O2 and Born Primitive and RPM and Four Sigmatic and Peori. 
um, and combined among the five brands, we're offering a, a unlimited $100 gift cards to our website, so $20, $20 per brand for affiliates and gym owners to award their new members. And it's not just in May, it's, it's like whenever, as, right. as long as you want. Um, and again, I, like there's not so, there, there aren't that many moments where I can say this was such a crazy win for everybody involved that it's worked so well. Like usually it's, it's, it's one-sided in some, some degree, right? This has been a tremendously impactful uh, program that we launched so much so that uh, we're now partnering with Wattify and uh, Zen Planner and Affiliate Guard and Two Brain just to get this out in the hands of more gym owners because it's it's so powerful and so impactful. And if someone wants, if a gym owner wanted to go look that up, where do they go? Do they go to O2? Do they go to the Community Coalition? Remember, you guys had that website for yeah. a while. Where, where do they go? So um, <laughs> I should have been prepared for that question. Um, so, so community coalition .fitness is still up and running. That's probably not the best place to go. The, um, the, the simplest and easiest thing to do would probably be to send our, send us an email, uh, if they want to learn more gyms at drinko2.com. Gyms at drinko2.com. Drinko2.com. Yeah. Um, and the program's free. Um, we have these, this is actually pretty cool. So, so last year it was all email based and virtual this yeah. year we've actually come out with like physical packages. This houses 25 gift cards and the gift cards. Yeah, are I think I've seen physical. these. Yeah. Like okay. Hand these to somebody and they're, you know, so it's, it's a really cool experience. Um, and so we've, we've, we now have well over a thousand, uh, gyms participating and, you know, we like we get compliments every day about how how impactful the program is just to rewarding new members. Well, you know, I mean, as a gym owner myself, I'm always about trying to rise the tides. And I think this is an example of, look, it's good for you guys. You got new people, new eyes, new yep. new business. Of course, yep. it's good for them because something they can give their members. It looks professional. It's like, hey, we have, we're part of this thing. Go right. get $20 each one of these. And it's not like a it's a $20 credit. It's, it's like, it's like, go use it. Right. I mean, it, and, and, um, I, and I think it's just good all the way around. I think you're totally right. So I, I would highly recommend any gym owner, go check it out. Even if the member link goes and looks at O2 or maybe, they, maybe they're interested in born primitive or something else. So totally. that's great. And, and a lot of gyms have kind of positioned it as sort of a, a fitness starter pack, you know, yeah. you've got hydration, your gear, your jump rope, you know, your protein, so it's, it's, it's been, it's been pretty cool to watch it take off so far. I love it, man. Well, dude, it's cool to hear, you know, your background, having that, you know, being in the corporate America, switching over, trying to, you, know, you said a private high school, that's what it was, right? Like a private nonprofit charter high school. Boy, that's wow. Yeah. Crystal Ray is the name of that. Hey, how many kids at the private non -char the charter high school, <laughs> how many kids do you see? And you just look at them, you're like, dude, I know who that because when I was in high school, I was such a jackass. I thought I knew everything. And then you get older, you realize, man. You don't know maybe, anything. <laughs> you're an idiot. Maybe you're not as wise as you think you were. How many, I mean, I imagine you just ran to those type of kids all the time. I mean, I'm Dude, sure. It's cool, man. Like it's, that, that school just graduated. It's sixth class. Um, it's sixth senior class. And the whole premise behind the school is, is the organization behind it, Krista Ray, will go into a really low income, pr pretty, pretty bad area. And provide really very high quality education uh, 
through, you know, through this really cool job sharing program as a, as a way to pay for that education. And the kids end up spending, you know, I don't know, let's call it 500 bucks on average for an education that general, a private education that will generally cost 15 to $20,000. Um, and these are kids coming from areas where the high school graduation is like 40%, right? Tops. Uh, Krista Ray is graduating 99% graduation rate. And so it's, it's, re it's just such a cool thing. It's really cool. Dude, I love it, man. Well, you seem to be a guy who's on a mission to do some cool stuff for a lot of people. Right, uh, same with us. That's why I think we're friends oh, yeah. and we want to keep it going. So, um, you know, obviously go check out O2. Um, it's just do it. Drinko2.com, right? Yep. Yep. Drinko2.com. People want to learn more about our wholesale operation. That's another thing I'm really proud of. It is best in class. Um, Drinko2.com forward slash wholesale. Um, and then, uh, and then shoot us an email about the new member gift card program at gyms.drinko2.com. I love it, man. Well, have a great day, brother. It was great catching up. Likewise, dude. See you soon.